I think people don't realize that unless your back's against the wall, you don't always recognize God when he shows up. And as an entrepreneur, I spend most of my time with my back against the wall. What's up, everyone? I'm Justin here along with Tim. On today's episode, we hear from two guests on how God's kingdom is working itself out in the marketplace. The Quiet Reformation is a space of listening for God through the Bible and the body of Christ, desiring change in the church, but without the chaos. This podcast is a small part of the ministry of Netzer. Netzer works intimately with Christian leaders and speaks widely to the church at large about spiritual renewal. We are a donor-supported 501c3 ministry. Please visit netzer.org to donate and find out more. Tim, we're just going to go ahead and skip the banter today. We're just going to jump right into things. Let's go. We have two guests. We have two marketplace leaders on the show. And I asked them just to download to us the importance of ministry in the marketplace. So what's going to happen is that we're going to hear from them. They're going to, we're going to replay their clips. And then you and I will just highlight a couple things that they're laying down. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. So first up, we have Susan Springsteen, which I've wanted to ask her if she was related to Bruce, but I didn't ask that because I don't know her quite enough yet. It's a powerhouse name for sure. She, among other things, is president and CEO of H2O Connected, which manufactures water saving and water damage prevention products. She also co-founded Nth Solutions, which is a product development and manufacturing company whose design team holds more than 50 commercialized patents. Yeah, we got to know Susan uh, because one of the things we do with Netzer is come alongside of local geographic regions and work at unifying the various parts of the body of Christ in those areas. And one of the ways we do that is we bring this course that we call One Church Equipping, where uh, various leaders from around the area come together and we do some training on how to function together as the body of Christ in the area. And Susan hosted us at her space at Enth. Susan's got a real heart for the community that she's serving in. And so she sees her business, not just as a way of making money and not just a way of bringing life to the community, but really saying God called us here. And so it was, it's really cool watching her interface with nonprofit leaders, church leaders, functioning together to say, what does it look like for the kingdom of God to be working in Coatesville, Pennsylvania? Loved getting to meet her. Well, I love the thought about how God is active in the marketplace, but I think if we're going to have this discussion, we need to first talk about God and work in general. God worked, if you think about it. He created the world in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. He created man in his image, and he told Adam and Eve that they were to tend the garden. So work in general, has always been a part of God's plan. It's something he values. And if you look further into the Bible, a lot of your influential men and women were actually in the marketplace. So if you want to look at work, work is very broad. It can be your career. It can be a mom, a stay-at-home mom that's working to do laundry and raise children. It can be volunteer work where you're not getting paid, but you still do something that's incredibly valuable in the eyes of God. From my perspective, a lot of my work centers around my businesses, and it's truly in the marketplace. We create products and technologies that someday are going to be sold. I'm an entrepreneur, and we create all kinds of innovative technologies that haven't 
existed before. Those things are going to be sold and those companies are going to grow and those companies hopefully eventually will be sold. So we're truly in the marketplace. And you look in the Bible, a lot of your influential men and women were in the marketplace. So if you think of Jesus himself was a carpenter, you have fishermen, tent maker, Paul was a tent maker, you had a woman who was a seller of purple, you had administrators and people that were very influential in the marketplace. So you see that all throughout scripture. And these are people that were part of God's plan in history. You know, frequently Christ taught in the marketplace, like he went to where the people were. I think that the marketplace is important to God because that's where the people are. You know, people are the only part of creation made in the image of God. People are so important to him. Everyone is. And the Bible is very clear that God wants that all may come to know him. And so he places people in different areas where they are so that we can be salt and light and that we can also be there to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. So it's like a First Peter 3.15, you know, always be prepared to give, give an answer to the reason of the hope you have. So we get to interact with people that don't know God, people who are are skeptical of God, people who don't believe, they, they don't believe that Christ is who he said he was, or have an intellectual understanding, but have never really made that, that commitment to Christ that makes that relationship tangible and real. And so they're, they're just missing out on a lot. And, and so I think a lot of us get wrapped around the axle about what is God's will for me. And if you're a believer and you you have committed your life to Christ, what God's will is for you is generally right where you are, right? He places you in that place and we're to bloom where we're planted. It's being able to employ people who might be hard to employ. We have our own businesses that gives us the opportunity to be able to employ people that may have a hard time finding jobs. It enables us to make products that save lives and preserve natural resources. So they help quality of life. It enables us to sow into our community. People know in our community that when their life is falling apart, they can come into our office for prayer. You know, they, <laughs> I have to laugh because people will might, you know, kind of look askance and poke fun at the Christians around the corner. But when their life falls apart, they're coming into our offices for prayer. <laughs> It's important as a believer in work that you are consistent and you live your faith. And that's not to say that non-believers aren't charitable and they're not nice people. I'm, it's just saying that we need to really live our faith so it's tangible. I literally see God show up every day in the marketplace, partly because I now am working in a formerly downtrodden steel town with a lot of poverty and a lot of unemployment. And I, I really feel like I've been called here to bring my businesses here. And there's no way I could be doing what I'm doing if, if God wasn't a part of it. You know, and, and if you have a business, the Lord owns it all anyway, right? We're just stewards. You know, so if I'm in a difficult situation or I'm trying to help somebody, it's it's amazing to see God show up in really tangible ways. As an entrepreneur, when you're starting a business, you don't know how much money it's going to take and you don't know how long it's going to take before you finally make a profit. And it, it can be a really dicey, scary process because things go wrong. They cost five times as more than as you thought they were going to cost. And there are times, you know, I know it's the Lord's business and I know that if he 
wants this business to survive, it will, if this is his will. And there's a lot of times on by Wednesday, I'm praying, Lord, you've got payroll due on Friday, and I don't know how you're going to do it, but it's your, your problem. I think it was Charles Stanley who said that God is responsible for the consequences of our obedience. And I think when you're in the marketplace, especially with an entrepreneurial mindset, there's so much uncertainty that I really focus on being obedient. I focus on those divine appointments where he brings somebody into my life that day out of left field. And my job is, is to answer their question, is to pray with them, is to encourage them, is to meet a need. And then God's responsible for the consequences of that. Whether the consequence is I didn't have the extra hour to get something done because I was with this person or whether it's, you know, whether it's an outcome. And I really, I, I that gives me the serenity to handle a lot of the ups and downs of the marketplace. Is it God's in control? I'm working on, I'm trying to be obedient and a good steward. And the, the outcome is really up to him. And so I see him work all the time in the marketplace. The marketplace does not in any way re replace the church. I mean, the church is where we, the local church is where we go to get equipped. It's where we worship as a group. It's where uh, we get support of other people who are committed to Christ as we are. And you can't always find that in the marketplace. So they're two distinct things, and uh, but they complement each other. And it's a really exciting time to be called to be in the marketplace for the glory of God. Something that Susan said just about how important being in just vocation or just work in general is for the bigger picture of what we're called to as human beings, people creating God's image. I came across this quote from author Jonathan Lehman, and he was actually talking about politics, but I think this plays into just our picture of how we see ourselves in God's world. He says that the picture that scripture offers is less cultural warrior and more ambassador. And ambassadors are not just trying to win a war, they're trying to represent a whole other kingdom. And so when I heard Susan talk, that really made me think of that ambassador language, like wherever I'm at, you know, like wherever I'm planted, she used that, that phrase, like wherever I'm planted, I'm gonna bloom. Wherever I'm at, I'm actually going to bring a different kind of presence, a different kind of perspective on the world around me, just from the simple fact that I am a Christian and I'm connected to Jesus. A lot of us aren't necessarily evangelistic in maybe the traditional sense, and yet we are all called to be ambassadors in one sense or another, where we're representing a different kind of kingdom. And I think there is this thing with a lot of, whether it's marketplace or just work in general, where, where we can feel like we're just utterly bound and kind of hopeless in the circumstance that we're in. Part of what Susan was saying, and I said what well, the gospel says, that in whatever circumstance we find our work in, not that it couldn't change or that we shouldn't pursue other opportunities, that we can still be an ambassador, we can still be a light, we can still give to God's good creation as a person that is indwelt by the Holy Spirit. The idea that we were made for work and that uh, we are there on purpose, we're made for rest, um, but we're also made for work. And the two don't necessarily have to be mutually exclusive. Uh, and, and I believe that we are able to be in a posture of resting in Christ while we're working. And this is the picture of in the boat when uh, they're sailing across the, the sea and there's the storms and everything. And Jesus is asleep, you know, catching a cat, cat nap in the middle of, you know, they're on mission, they're on work. 
he invites them to have faith afterwards, saying, you know, that they, they hadn't had faith. When Christ is with us in the boat, there's an ability to rest in him. And I think that one of the things that Susan really picked up on is that as particularly as an entrepreneur, there's big risks. She talked about like, you know, when your back's against the wall, you get to see God move in unique ways. And if, if she, she used a different phrase, but I know the phrase I'm familiar with is if it's God's will, it's God's bill. What I sense in that is that there's an ability when you sense that I'm not just going to work to make money to pay the bills, that I'm at a part of the global community and I have a call in the kingdom and that what, what God has me doing, there's an opportunity for me to rest in and meet Jesus in the middle of that, which I think leads really to her, her one of her big points about in First Peter 3, you know, there's this invitation to be prepared to communicate with others about the hope that we have. Of course, everything that's going on in First Peter is about the countercultural life that believers are going to live in the midst of an imperial culture of Rome. They're living under the kingdom culture of Jesus, and it's going to create a distinct tension. And in that tension, we don't want it to be a, a rebellious tension. In fact, one of the things that Peter's calling us to is submission to authorities, even when it doesn't make sense because of the fact that we're trusting in a higher authority. And so we're not necessarily just warring for our own rights. So in other words, when you're walking through challenging situations, whether that's, you know, business deals that are going weird or government uh, regulations that don't make sense, that I have an ability to kind of roll with that stuff with patience and with faith, knowing that Christ is in the boat with me. And when people are encountering a life being lived in work, in vocation, that looks different, then they might say, what is that? You know, and that's where Susan's like, be prepared with the answer and don't be, don't be shy. You know, this is kind of why you're here. And I think that's huge. And when you look at even some of the people she named in scripture, there's these various people who with passion are walking through their life, doing what, what their contribution is to society, but also with an eye to what God's doing. And so you see Lydia, I mean, the, the planting of this amazing church when, when Paul comes into town, because that marketplace leader was not only living in vocation, but living at rest with Christ enough to be sensitive to what God was doing in the area. And our relationship with Susan is like that. I mean, she's helped facilitate many things that have been really beautiful for Coatesville. And when people walk in that way in the midst of their vocation in the marketplace, God can create some really special and unique opportunities. I'm actually not going to say anything about our next guest because he just hits the highlights in his intro so well that I'm just going to let him intro himself. I told him how I'm jealous of the momentum that he has in speaking, especially in podcast formats, to keep things lively. I will say check the show notes again for links to his podcast. But ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce to you Christian Johnson. What's good, Quiet Reformation fam? I am excited to be with you guys. Special shout out, Tim and Justin and Sue. 
for just being y'all. You guys are amazing. Listen, I am a coach. I am a true creative. I am the host of the Elevate It podcast. I am an entrepreneur, purpose-filled life coaching, and ordained minister, as well as serving as a director of operations for Life Transforming Ministries. That's a lot. But the point is, I love all of this, and I love all of you. So let's get right into it. I was asked the question, what is the importance of the marketplace in the kingdom? And I believe it is very important. Why? Because it is the training ground for kingdom advancement. Listen, the kingdom of God is everywhere, not just in the local assembly or the local church. And I say that as an entrepreneur or a creative and as a shared ordained minister of a local church, but the kingdom is God's rule and reign. So Luke tells us that the kingdom is also within us according to Luke 17, 21. So we take the kingdom wherever we go. So the marketplace is a part of that go ye therefore. And so when I say the marketplace, um, we're talking about the business side. We're talking about the business world or broadly vocation outside of the local church ministry. All right. And I have one example if I want to, if you allow me to, to, to go there. All right. So um, this morning I went to my chiropractor for an adjustment or an alignment. And here is a Christian man who almost went into pastoring, but felt a call to go into market ministry, right? And so God placed this man in a, a marketplace position and allowed him the opportunity to share, watch this, the gospel, coaching, counseling. He prays for people, lays hands. He listens and provides a service that ministers to the whole man. So, so, so he's not just giving a physical alignment, but he's able to give a mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, and even financial alignment. Listen, some of his clients are people who won't come into the local church building, but they trust a kingdom agent, a Christian chiropractor. Look, I've coached creatives, entrepreneurs, and some of my favorites are pastors who are also entrepreneurs. And it amazes me how sometimes they place a higher respect or dedication on one over the other. Some favor more of pastoring the local church versus the area of the marketplace. And what I've found as a surprise is a lot of times they have a greater impact for kingdom expansion, sometimes even in the area of the marketplace. Now, let me leave you with this, right? Peter was a fisherman. John was a fisherman to my knowledge. Now, Jesus didn't require them to abandon their occupation. He trained them and expanded their marketplace and their ministry by making them fishers of men as well. So when we get to Acts 3, we find Peter and John on their way into the temple for prayer, into the local assembly, right? And so they're captivated by a condition of a lamed beggar. And they know it's fishing time now, right? So this beggar asked for money, but Peter and John throw their hook out with a hands-on approach to help this man come out of his condition and go beyond what they asked of him. All of this family happens outside of the temple. So when this man is finally healed, then they all finally go into the temple. Watch this, walking, leaping, and having what I call a praise party. So what's your point? This is my point. 
My point is we both, we need both ministers in the local church and in the marketplace. Our gifts are transferable. So if we're willing to operate in this way, what's done outside of the local church can help bring people inside of the local church. They can get healing, wholeness, and they can be ready to worship our king, both inside and outside. Tim and Justin, I don't think that it's a either or. My perspective is that it's both. We need both for kingdom advancement. Chew on that. And let's talk about how y'all feel. I hope you enjoyed hearing Christian talk there. Uh, we're connected to Christian because uh, in the work that we do, unifying the body of Christ, strengthening the body of Christ, connecting the body of Christ, uh, there are other partner ministries who we work with who are working at similar things for the collaboration of the body of Christ for the sake of the kingdom. And you heard Christian mention that he works with Life Transforming Ministries, and they're one of the ministries we partner with in that work. And it's been so fun getting to work with Christian in in that vein. So it's been a it's been a pleasure watching him be able to take some of his marketplace understanding and also connect that in the ministry spheres where we operate together. One of the things that came to mind when I was listening to Christian, especially at the end when he was talking about Peter and John going to the temple and to the gate beautiful and meeting the the lame man, was how important and how much authority non-ministers have in the kingdom of God and in the world right now. Because of all of the uh, financial or moral or whatever failures of the church and especially church leaders in the past 10 years, there is a little bit more skepticism that if you're in ministry proper and you're trying to talk to me about something, well, this is your job. You know, this is the thing. Of course, you're talking to me about this because you get paid to do this. I don't want to discourage any of our listeners that are pastors and leaders. I do want to encourage those that are listening that are not in those positions that like you have a really cool opportunity in this cultural moment to be able to talk to others, to um, invite them into church, not just to get them into church, but invite them into the presence of God. Yeah, that's really good, Justin. I I, I remember as a, a kid listening to these stories and reading these books called Tales of the Kingdom. They were children's allegories about life in the kingdom. There was like a game that the kids would play. I see the king. And it was like this, you're like looking around for where the king is, but the king was always dressed up like somebody else. And so you're looking for like character traits or things. The kids are like always trying to find ways to spot the king. You know, we have a, we have a dual purpose as humans. One is to know and love Jesus. And the other is to reveal him and to glorify him. Every day I'm like required and invited to know Christ more. And so the hunt, the journey of discovering more of Christ today is given to all of us in every situation. And I think in the marketplace to have those who are seeking to discover Christ in the midst of the marketplace with that level of curiosity, that's what you hear in these two who shared with us today, the excitement of that, that God's not only discovered it when we're gathered together as the people of God, but is discovered when we're scattered in our different areas of influence, the truths that we hold on to in the scriptures when we're preaching and teaching on a Sunday morning or gathered in a, in a Bible study or a small group are the things that actually we get to practice when looking to find the King out in our vocation. And, you know, there's a number of situations throughout scripture where you see people who aren't clergy, but are re 
just revealing amazing things about Christ. I mean, who does Christ say has the greatest faith that he comes across this centurion, right? Who's, you know, understands authority and sees from a different context than just the religious context. And I think that the marketplace provides that as well. I just recently heard Sky Jatani talking about the Good Samaritan uh, story and talking about how the Good Samaritan had money, you know, because he was able to drop money on this guy. He he had a nice cloak. He had the, the the wine to pour on his wounds. He had the donkey. He drops enough money to take care of the guy for two months and says, bill me for the rest. And, you know, this is a marketplace person who's providing really serious ministry and who's also able to, in the moment, understand what God's doing and to come into agreement with it. And Jesus highlights, this is what it looks like to love your neighbor, which is the great command, right? I mean, the, the, the big command of scripture is that we're loving God and loving one another. And so there's unique ways to do that in our own spheres of influence. And I think that it gives us an opportunity to exercise faith when we see God moving, not just in a church setting, but we see God moving because he's God, not of the church, not just of the church. He's God of the cosmos. And so he's able to answer prayer in any and every situation and be present with us. And I think the more we're empowered to walk by faith in the places of our vocation, the more we get to experience Christ and the more we allow others to experience Christ. One other thing, and Justin, I think we probably both, I'm sure, picked up on this, is that when Susan was talking, she talked about the marketplace is not the church, you know, that they're two distinct things. And when Christian's talking, he's talking essentially about the church being gathered, the, the gathered body, and then also the sent body. And and those those nuances are important. They're very important. I know in, in pastoral ministry for me, before I, I moved into this uh, work with Netzer, one of the ways we would always frame this is when you come to the church, it's like coming to the to the hearth coming to the fireplace out of darkness into the warmth of God's presence, along with God's people being strengthened for God's work. And then when you're sent out, you're sent out like fireflies who have been lit up and you're taking the light of Christ into the various situations where you're going. And I think that this is what the the beautiful advantage of having both the gathered body of Christ and then us individually being empowered to be torch bearers or image bearers of Jesus in our own spheres of influence. It's a beautiful design that, and I, I think it's the great blessing of the Old Testament that may God bless you in your going out and in your coming in. And as you go out, I, uh, we just hope and pray that as people go out into the marketplace, that they're listening to the words that Christian and Susan were speaking, getting that strong sense of alling within that and trusting that God is with them and they can lean into the Lord to see him do amazing things in the workplace. We just want to say thanks again to Susan Springsteen and Christian Johnson for being on this episode. And Christian is actually going to close us with some words of encouragement. So Tim and I will see you next episode. Maybe you're here, you're listening to this episode and you find yourself in a position where you're like, I have that, what I call it is a it, an inner tugging. And so now you're at that place where you feel like, you know, maybe like Peter in the area of the boat, right? Where there's some things where you need to get out, you need to go for it. You're in the area of ministry uh, or you're in the area of the marketplace. Look, I want to bless you and encourage you to go for it.
Listen, listen, I want to let you know that wherever you are, whether you are in the, the local area, whether you're the pastor, the preacher, the teacher, whether you are the entrepreneur, the creative, whatever the case may be, like your gift is needed. And so I want to bless you as you move forward in those areas. I speak life to you. I speak that dreams will come in to place that this is a season of power. This is a season of encouragement. This is where you are going to align yourself for the laser focus for what God has called for you to do it. It's time to rise up and come up off of whatever situation may hinder you from moving forward. And we're agreeing with you, believing that now is the time, beloved. Now is the time for you to be all that God has called for you to be. So rise up, be blessed, and be your best because your next is now and your time is here. He is seated on his holy throne. The people of the world will exalt the highly honored one. Oh, God reigns over all. He is seated on his holy throne. All the people of the world will exalt the highly honored one. Singing, he is great, greatly exalted. He Exalted, he is great, greatly exalted.